Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I wanted to make sure that you were aware of how valuable you are to us and me here at Successful Diligence as a listener of the podcast. It means so much that you allow me to provide value through the podcast and that you listen and you show up and you invest your time. It means the world to me and I so appreciate it. One way that you can show your appreciation for the podcast, if you've gotten any value from anything we've ever said um, in Sode, is you can support us financially so that we can continue to provide the value that you've come to know from the Successful Diligence podcast. And it can be literally less than a cup of coffee a day, 99 cents per month. That's less than a dollar per month, all the way up to five, ten dollars, however much you want to give. But as little as a dollar, less than a dollar, 99 cents, that would make such a difference to us. You can go to the show notes and you can click the link where listener support is highlighted. Um, There's different links in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm backslash successful diligence backslash support and you can sign up there and literally it's one time per month 99 cents less than a cup of coffee and yet you would be having an impact on supporting this podcast to bring more value reach more people to have a greater impact in the world and we appreciate in advance any support that you're able to provide again anchor.fm slash successful diligence slash support or you can click the link in the show notes and show your support financially we appreciate it and we thank you in advance Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so excited, super stoked to have tonight's conversation. You will be so glad that you tuned in tonight. And I know that this conversation is going to be value-packed, epic, and all of the things because I have with me tonight, Nelson Tressler, and he is the founder and CEO of I Got Smarter, which is a goal achievement program and app, which looks really cool, by the way. I'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Um, and he it's created to help people succeed in every aspect of their life. And despite his unbelievable, almost unbelievable, except that it's true, difficult beginnings, Nelson rose to become a top commercial real estate agent and investor, completing well over $1 billion in transactions. No easy feat. And as a serial entrepreneur, he has successfully founded over 10 businesses, including one of the largest privately held pet resort chains in the nation. Now, Nelson's first big goal was when he became the first person in his extended family to achieve and earn a college degree, receiving his BS, BA in finance from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And we are so grateful to Nelson because he is also a U.S. Air Force veteran. And his company, 
his current company, I Got Smarter, uses an app and goal program that increases goal achievement by as much as 95%. That's a lot, y'all. And this program is built on 15 philosophies that Nelson has learned from his murder to millions personal journey that is also in his book. Currently, he lives in Las Vegas, USA, and he has been married for 25 years, which is another incredible feat, and has three sons. Welcome, Nelson, to the show. I am so glad that you are here. Wow. Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate that intro. It is well-deserved, well-earned, and I am so excited for not only myself, but for my audience to get to know you better, to hear your story, um, and really get the wisdom nuggets that you were able to extract from your beginnings. So for the audience who's not familiar with you beyond the bio, tell us a little bit about yourself, your backstory, and how you got to where you are. Yeah, I've got uh, quite the uh, original origin story. Uh, my mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. Mm. And uh, while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town, uh, drove into the town square. And there he saw two police officers. Uh, he stuck a gun out the window and opened fire, uh, killing one of the police officers and critically wounding uh, another. And he was eventually uh, captured and brought to stand trial. Uh, he was facing the death penalty. Um, and my mom, uh, during his trial, testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now carrying his baby. Oh, my goodness. Me. Wow. And that's kind of that's kind of where it started. Um you know, it didn't, it didn't get any easier from that. I mean, as you can imagine, uh, you know, my mom was 15 when she ended up giving birth to me, you know, my grandfather ended up going away to uh, prison. Uh, the first trial ended in a hung jury because of my mom's testimony. Uh, but he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole where he ended up spending the rest of his life more than 40 years, uh, in prison, leaving behind, you know, he, uh, my mom is one of 15 children. Uh, so leaving behind a pretty big family in that small town to kind of deal with the consequences of that. Nelson, you said 15? Yeah, 15. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you said it was a small town. How many people were, were living in that town at the time? Around 6,000. So yeah, pretty small. So if you've ever lived in a small town, you know, everybody knows your business. And now, you know, put that on top, you know, this, this was the biggest trial ever to happen in this small town. And everybody knew, knew what was going on, you know, with my grandfather. And then my mom testified, uh, saying that, and, you know, now she had to deal with that as a 15 year old, you know, single mother. And, uh, I had to deal with it, you know, our entire lives. My mom still lives there. So, uh, you know, she's, she's dealing with that, but, you know, eventually my mom, you know, turned 21 and uh, she went to bars and ended up finding a peach of a man who uh, ended up coming, becoming my stepfather, uh, come to find out he was an alcoholic and very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom. Um, so we had to deal with that. And eventually my mom had four children with, uh, with my stepfather. And because of the lifestyle that they were living, uh, a lot of uh, caring for my siblings kind of fell upon me. 
um, you know, we are dirt poor, you know, open the refrigerator and all you see are half used condiments poor. And, you know, uh, it's, it's like a uh, crap shoot every time you turn on the uh, light switch, whether or not there's going to be power there. So that's kind of the, the lifestyle that we're living at this time. And, you know, my mom would rather me stay home from school and help with the kids uh, than go to school. And I hated school, you know, at this time of my life, I couldn't read, couldn't write. I still can't spell. And uh, I remember when I hit the fourth grade and you're at the end of the year and you look down at your report card, excited to see who you're going to go and be in the fifth grade and who your teacher's going to be. And I remember looking down and seeing a fourth grade teacher on there and seeing straight Fs and realizing that I had flunked the fourth grade and uh, would be repeating that. And it shouldn't have come to any surprise. I probably missed more than 60 days of school that year. So, um, but um, at that time, then they uh, placed me into special special education to try to get the help that I needed, come to find out I had dyslexia. And that's kind of where it was uh, to that point. And then a few years after that, my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar one night and somebody else was driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And, Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. And, and as bad as, you know, as hard as my mom's life had been to this point uh, you know, she, she lived a a hard life with uh, everything that she went through and then the abuse to my stepfather as hard as her life had been. I mean, losing my stepfather, really left her with no hope. I mean, she had dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Uh, You know, she has five kids. She's never worked outside of the home. And she's now left, uh, you know, with no hope. And it's at this time that she decides that uh, she's going to take her own life. And uh, fortunately, she wasn't successful. But uh, after she got out of the hospital, uh, she decided that she was no longer going to be able to take care of all five of us kids on her own. And that's when I went to go live with my grandmother, who is the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And as I said, she had 15 kids, you know, not all of them were living at home at this time, but you know, my grandma was a saint and, uh, she was raising four or five other grandchildren at the time in a small three bedroom house. And so I went to live there, but for the first time, Uh, Even though it was cramped, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry about my stepfather coming home drunk and beating me or my mom and and having to deal with crying babies at two o'clock in the morning. So for the first time in my life, I had a stable household and a stable, uh, you know, family life. And the one thing, even though education wasn't a huge priority in our family, um, you know, of, of my grand's 15 children, only two ever graduated from high school. But the one rule my gram had was you are going to school. And that was probably for her own sanity. I know you have 15 kids, you want to you want to get some uh, alone time. So that was her one rule. And at that time, I started to realize that, you know, uh, I wasn't stupid. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I went to school and I could actually knew what they were talking about, you know, I could start to learn. And, um, you know, flash forward to around the seventh grade. And a counselor from the university came to our school and started talking about what you needed to do to get into college. And uh, that's kind of when uh, 
kind of an aha moment. You know, I'm, I'm reflecting upon my life at this time and it wasn't going great. And I kind of saw the direction I was going and didn't really like where I saw myself ending up. And I thought to myself, you know what, if I could become that first person in my family to go to college and get a college degree, you know, uh, that would kind of take me in a direction that I wanted to go. You know, I wouldn't be living a life where, you know, uh, early on in my life where you open the refrigerator door and there's no food there. And, you know, I thought, you know, all college educated people, you know, you, you didn't treat your family that way and all of that. So that was kind of my, uh, you know, uh, cure to where my life was headed. And after that, I started, uh, you know, I went back to school and I started to really, um, focus on my homework and doing the things that I thought I could do in order to get into college. And, you know, flash, flash, flash forward 12 years from that, uh, four colleges and uh, four years in the Air Force. And I finally became that first person in my family to uh, graduate from college. What an accomplishment, not just the college degree, but surviving and thriving through tremendous obstacles of beginning. I mean, even in utero, you were not given the hand up. <laughs> you know, you you started out um, in, in a place that not many people do and not many people overcome and thrive through. So kudos to you for, um, and we're going to get into how, but kudos to you for doing it and, and living it and proving that it can be done. And I'm just, you know, I'm sort of, I'm still uh, marinating on the story we just heard. Listeners, I know you are too, because right when you thought it couldn't get any worse or you're like, oh, this is where, you know, in the movies, it gets a little better. You dropped the bomb that it got a little worse, yeah. <laughs> which, oh my, it's, it's unbelievable, but it's, it's, it's such a testament to the strength of character showing up and keep walking, um, which is something that I always espouse. And, and just, you know, I want to get into some of the strategies and hows and, but how as a child, you know, because it's hard before your brain is developed and fully functional in terms of cognitive reasoning and all of those things. And when you're growing up in circumstances that can really beat you down, on top of someone on the outside beating you down, you know, and giving you the negative uh, reinforcements and, and all of the experiences you had, how did you make it day to day as a kid? Like what, what was it that helped you make it through those really dark, tough days? Yeah. You, you know, with my, with my stepfather, when he was still alive, I just didn't know any different. I mean, I kind of thought that's the way everybody's life was, you know, I was relatively young and although it sucked, it wasn't like, you know, I envisioned that there was a, a house where, you know, families didn't do that. I didn't have that contrast in my life at that time. And, uh, you know, when he died, you know, addition by subtraction, you know, and, and I went to go live with my gram, uh, then, you know, life, life wasn't as harsh as it was before. And I could actually start focusing on, Hey, there, there app, there actually could be a better life out there for me. And, you know, when you're always worried about, you know, being beat or you're hungry, or you have all these, you know, your basic needs aren't being met. That's all you can focus on. You can't really focus outside of that and, and heaven forbid, focus on, you know, 
trying to do something that's, you know, hard and, and thinking about being successful. You're just looking to survive. But when I went to go live with my gram, you know, all my basic needs were being met. Um, you know, I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, somebody coming home drunk and, and beating me. So then it, you, then you start really focusing on how I can make my life better as opposed to how I can just survive. Yeah. And also your grandmother gave you a gift of a higher expectation. You know, she had a standard, you're going to go to school and that, yeah. that expectation almost forced a seed of growth in you to open your eyes. And then, you know, getting that additional seed from that person, that adult who sort of said college is an option, <laughs> you know, it's something that you can achieve as well. What a, what a gift that was to help add to the resiliency you already had. You know, my gram was my biggest fan. You know, my mom had me when she was 15. So I lived with my mom at my Graham's house for a few years. So I think we had that special bond. But, you know, I remember my Graham always telling me, Nelson, you're going to make something of yourself. And she told me that so often uh, that I started to believe it. And I loved her, you know, more than than the world. And because she kept telling me that, uh, you know, I think that was some added uh, motivation to actually make that come true because she believed so much in me. Yeah, I have that experience as well. I'm, I'm very close to my grandmother. I lived sort of like a foster child um, as a kid. My mother was a single mom. We had to work. Nothing compared to, and, and there's no comparison of experiences anyway, but I didn't have the basic needs, um, struggles that you had. But my grandmother was the one who, like you, similar to your gram, she was the one who held that belief until I could get there. Um, yeah. And she, I mean, even I struggled with my hair a lot and she was always, oh, your hair is beautiful. I wish I had it. And I was like, I hate my hair. I get made fun of, you know, but she held that belief for me, just like your gram did about your success and your future and your potential that eventually became your reality. And what a gift that is when you can hold that belief for someone until they can catch up and believe it themselves. And let me ask you, because I know that you're into goal achievement and we're going to get into all the things, but would you agree that belief is really the foundation of achieving your productive outcomes and your goals and your success in life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you don't have that vision, if you don't have that belief that you can do it, you're never even going to try. And that's the thing is, when you start believing that you can do it, that's when you're actually going to be willing to put forth the effort. I mean, if you think something's impossible, uh, why would you even attempt it? And, you know, uh, with all the, all the things out there that I've heard, I mean, if you think something's possible or you think something's impossible, you're right. You know, so it's all that mindset. And, you know, those were the, those were the things that I eventually, you know, after graduating from college and, and be, being able to achieve that goal, that's when I became obsessed with goals and personal development. And what I realized was with enough, you know, with enough time and enough energy and enough focus, you can accomplish any goal you put your mind to. That is so true. Shout out to Henry Ford for that quote that came from him. Um, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right, is what Henry yep. Ford said. So I love that. Talk to me about the college, because being the first and I mean, already you didn't have the positive male role model. You know, you didn't have so many things to be able to pattern yourself after and being one of the first 
were you the first or one of the first in yeah, your I was family? The first. You're the first. I was so the being first. the for the trailblazer in your family to achieve a college degree, how did you walk that journey out without having a model to sort of pattern yourself after? Well, you know what? And and that's the thing. I didn't have a lot of uh, you know, positive role models, but I had I had I could look and see where people were that were surrounding me. And I knew that I didn't want to go there. So I didn't have that clear vision of where I wanted to go, but I had that crystal clear vision of what I never wanted to do and where I didn't want to end up. And Which so is just I just powerful, did, yeah. yeah, I just did whatever I could do to get as far away from, uh, from that as I could, even though I had no clue where I was going, I knew I was getting further and further away from what I didn't want to become. That right there, listeners, is a gold nugget. Sometimes when you can't see the vision and you don't know what you want because you can't, you don't have a model or, or someone to pattern yourself after it, knowing what you don't want is just as powerful. That is such a good golden nugget right there. I love that. I love that. So um, did you serve before or after the college degree? Well, so I, the way I got into college, I mean, I, I did not turn into an A student or even a B student, uh, but I had, the, I had one good thing going for me. I was a pretty good athlete and I had one college that was willing to take a chance on me. And uh, because of that, they were willing to massage the uh, admission requirements. And when I say massage, it was a deep tissue massage, you know? Um, so <laughs> I ended up getting into college uh, to play football and at the end of that first year, uh, I owed $3,500 still. Uh, and at this time, I'm living with my gram. She, she made $4,800 a year. Oh, my so goodness. So there was no way that I was ever going to be able to go back to school. Uh, so it was at that time that I decided, okay, you know, I need, I need to continue this goal. I, I really want to do it. So that's when one of my buddies was going into the Air Force, and he talked to me about the GI Bill and and, you know, the Air Force checked a lot of boxes for me. One, it showed me how I could pay for college eventually. But two, it got me out of this town where, you know, I represented so much, my family did. And, you know, I, I got out of that town. And for the first time, I could just be Nelson nobody. You know, it, my last name didn't, you know, bring cringes or, you know, looking down at your shoes or, judgment or anything like that. You know, nobody knew those circumstances and it was truly liberating. Uh, you know, once I got in that air force and no one knew my past. I resonate so strongly with that. And I, 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 am a fellow author as well. And we'll get into your book, but I, um, outlined in my book that that was part of my story. I was a CDF student. I applied to and got into one college. It was a miracle that I got in. Talk about deep tissue massaging <laughs> the requirements. <laughs> um, I love that metaphor. And, um, you know, having to, to really per, pursue and, and progress and then coming out with that degree and that accomplishment. What a reinforcement to yourself in terms of being able to say, I did this, you know, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think success begets success. And like I said, I mean, as soon as, as soon as I did that uh, and was able to graduate, you know, then I start to think, man, what else could I do? What, what else, how far can I go? And uh, you know, that's when I became obsessed with goals and personal development and really studied everything that I could. You know, I went to all the seminars and the courses that I could afford. I you know, subscribe to the magazines. I listen to all the, 
you know, the uh, self-help books and just really just, you know, got everything that I could and started to use all those techniques and strategies and philosophies in every area of my life. And, you know, I owe a lot of, you know, what I've been able to accomplish because I was filling my mind with all those, you know, wonderful things that self-help and goals have. What I love about that is that you invested in yourself and then you took that investment and you, you took action. A lot of people go to the, you know, they get the courses, they get the books, they go to the, the seminars, they listen, they hear the podcast, but they don't always implement. And so investing, taking action to implement what you've learned, I think that's what reinforces and begets the success um, to get you in that positive momentum loop. Talk to me about what you learned about goal achievement. Give me some some strategies, some insights, some some real practical yeah. things that the listeners can sort of uh, dig into. Well, you, you touched on it there as you were talking. I mean, the first thing is very, very rarely uh, do we have a knowledge problem. Do mm. we not know what we need to do? What we typically have is an execution problem. We just don't do the things that we know we need to do when we need to do them. Right. So a lot of people will let let that hang them up before they will either start on their goal or it's what kind of knocks them off to where you know, maybe they, they don't have that clear vision of what they want to want to do. But, you know, uh, in the I Got Smarter program, I mean, there's so many points of it, we're not going to be able to get into it now. But just a few key points is, we, we make sure that you're, you're crystal clear on what your goals are, and what it's going to take to accomplish those goals. Because the one of the worst things you can do is say, yeah, I want to accomplish this goal. And then you work on it for a year or even five years, and then realize, crap, you know, I really didn't want that goal. And I definitely wasn't willing to pay the price that I had to pay to achieve that goal. So we make sure that you're very clear on what your goals are and what they mean to you, what relevance they have in. in what the uh, price is going to be, what is it going to cost you? Because yeah. everything has a price tag, whether it's time, effort, investment. I just wanted to highlight that out because yes, yes, yes. And one thing I, I, cause I was looking through, I was very um, curious and got so excited about you that um, what I love about your program is that it addresses every aspect of your life, not just career. So yeah. talk to me more about, about that, the different areas that you all focus on as well. Well, I mean, what I chalk up to my number one, you know, achievement in life is, you know, my, my marriage and, and my family and, you know, that's always been the most important to me. Uh, so I wanted, when I came up with a program, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to just be focused on finances or, or business. And, you know, I worked at, I worked at some big companies and they had their goal programs, but they were all focused about making more money for the company and, and doing all of that. And they really didn't care about all those other areas of your life. And when I set goals, you know, finances weren't weren't at the top of my ladder. I mean, they were important to me. And, you know, they they definitely gave me some freedom and the ability to do a lot of things. But I wanted a program that would help people in every single area of their lives, you know, whether it be relationships, spiritual, business, you know, health, anything, any area of your life can be strengthened and made better through goals and, and personal development. And the implementation, the action that you take based on what you learn and acknowledge um, and learn. And I have to ask, what is the secret 
to 25 years of marriage? Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it only feels like it's been five minutes <laughs> underwater. And my wife doesn't like that joke. Either. <laughs> no, I, I joke, I joke with my wife. It's been the, it's been the best 18 years of my life, you know, uh, because there's been some rough years in there. And in my book, the unlucky sperm club, I mean, I talk about that. And, and that's the thing is people see the success, you know, they see the back end and yeah, you're, you're I'm going to celebrate a 25th wedding anniversary, but there were hard times in there. And just like starting a business that's successful, there's hard times in there and, you know, your health goals, there's hard times in there. So that's the key thing is to have that goal. And, and my goal, you know, one of my biggest goals is to celebrate a 50th wedding anniversary with my wife. And there's a lot of things that go into play. We both have to survive that long and we have to want to be married that long and always continue to work on that. So, um, you know, the, the secret to it is the one thing that I realized. And like I said, we went through some, some hard times. So, I mean, I, you know, in, in my book, I talk about, I was, we were separated for a while and we weren't sure if we wanted to be married to each other. And, and a lot of that had to do with what I envisioned a family to be. I wanted a perfect family, a Stepford wife. And, you know, because of the family that I came from and I had all these, you know, expectations that when I got home, you know, there should have been a four course meal on the table and my kids should have all had, you know, dressed in their little outfits and their faces clean. And that wasn't reality. That wasn't life. And as soon as I started appreciating all the good things that my wife did, instead of all the expectations, I traded my expectations for appreciation and saw how awesome she was and how awesome our family really was, even though it wasn't perfect. That's when, that's when I started to just, you know, be so thankful that I was married to her instead of looking for all the things that she didn't do. I just appreciated all the great things that she did do. I love so much about that because what you're talking about is where you put your focus, gratitude. And I don't believe in perfection. I happen to think perfection is an illusion. Um, we strive for excellence, but we'll never reach perfection this side of heaven. But I love the fact that you traded in your unmet expectations, which is for me, I would argue the number one downfall of relationships is unmet expectations. Most people say it's communication, which is a part of it, but it's the unmet expectations. And when we don't monitor those expectations, that's where we have our downfall. So I love that you recognize that. And then you traded in Fo your, your focus on, on what you don't have to what you do have. And the gratitude changes your life. And listeners, you know, I talk about these all the time. <laughs> so I love that you implemented that and um, it was effective. It worked. And you now have your vision of getting to 50 and then beyond. So I love that. Talk to me about the mindset that it takes to continually be focused on your goals and focused towards success, because it's not always easy to maintain that. So what are some mindset um, strategies that you have that you implement? Well, the first thing is, is I, I believe we owe it to the world to reach our best potential while we're here on, on earth. So we always have to be striving to, you know, reach that, that, you know, level of, of our, uh, 
I don't know how to say it now, but like our you know, best version we, of ourselves. Yeah, we, we should to. always be striving for that best version, and it always changes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always striving for that. Um, you know, it's not in me to prop my feet up and just kind of ride off into the sunset. I don't think that's healthy anyhow. So uh, we're we're always should be striving to get better, and we we owe that to the world. So I mean, that's that's the first mindset. I mean, I think one of the best things that I ever did was I quit listening to music in my car when I drove to work, and I always had a book in there or a podcast. I was always filling my brain with all these ideas and philosophies, and you know, you'd get to work pumped up, and I mean we just went through an election and I kind of got caught into listening to the news and I could tell, you know, when I was doing that, I wasn't as inspired. I wasn't as motivated. And as soon as I went back to, you know, doing all the old things that I used to do, all of a sudden now my mind, you know, something comes up and, you know, I recognize it for, you know, the great thing that it is. And it, it just makes a huge difference. And instead of listening to maybe that, song for the hundredth time or, you know, sports statistics that are going to be meaningless in a week, you know, put in a podcast, you know, listen to a self-help book, uh, you know, all those things will help you and you, you'll you be shocked at something comes up and all of a sudden you'll remember what you listened to, you know, when you were in your car. Exactly. Because, and we just talked about this uh, listeners in the choices series about choosing your input and choosing what to put your focus on and what to allow into your life and what to reject out of your life. I refused to follow any of the election things. Now it did creep into my world because you just, the world was saturated with it. Um, So it did creep in. So I was informed, but I didn't intentionally go out and focus on that information. And I think you're right. It makes a huge difference what you allow into your environment and your internal world and your your mental um, focus matters. It matters what you put into your mind because you can't unhear or unsee something and it will come back up and regurgitate when you need it. You know, sometimes I'm surprised by by the thoughts that come and I'm like, oh yeah, that was from a book I read five years ago. And oh yeah, that was an idea I heard, you know, last month or whatever. And it, it, it just seems to always be there at the right time. So I love that strategy. Um, I love, love, love it. So I know that we're getting sort of to the end of our time. I can't believe how fast these interviews go, especially when they're like so chock full of value like this. Talk to us about where we can find your book, which gives a lot more detail about your story um, and, and all of the things. So where can we find your book? And I'll put the links in the show notes um, and also talk to us about where we can find the I Got Smarter app as well. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. The book can be bought anywhere books can be bought, but Amazon's probably the easiest. It's called The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstance, but a product of your choices. Uh, and, and it is PG-13, by the way. You don't have to worry about that. That title scares some people off, but now that people have heard my story. They kind of know where that came from. And the book is just about, you know, it's my memoirs slash a lot of self-help in there and uh, how I learned from uh, my mistakes and and the trials and all that things. So a great, it's getting great reviews and uh, I'm very proud of it. So there's that. And then the, I got smarter app. uh, I truly believe this will change people's lives. It'll, it'll finally help people stick to their goals. I mean, one of the scary statistics is 
92% of new year's resolutions fail within a f- the first few weeks. And uh, wow. this app through all of its uh, philosophy strategies, I mean, we, we allow you to invite a success partner that can help you stick to your goals right there is 95% more likely to achieve your goals if you have a partner. So this app, it's on the apps, all the app stores, and you can find all of this stuff if you go to nelsontressler.com. And there's links to everything there and you can find it. I love it. And I know we only scratched the surface. So I encourage you listeners to go check him out. There is so much value in everything that he has to say, his message, his story, um, the strategies, all of it. So before we end, though, I have to ask, what is it that you would like? Well, no, no, let me ask. Okay, I have two questions. <laughs> what is something that I should have asked you, but I didn't because I didn't know to ask you it? Oh, um, man, you ask a lot of questions. I do. Uh, <laughs> ask me your next question. Let me think about that when you and ask me your next And it might tie question. in. So my next okay. question is, what do you want the audience to walk away from this conversation with? Like, what is the highlight, the top, you know, one to three points that you really want them to remember from our conversation? Well, the first thing is, is do it, do something. Don't wait. Don't wait for all the traffic lights to turn green before you start on your journey. Uh, You know, people just want everything to be perfect. Like do something today. Like I said, you don't have a knowledge problem. You have an execution problem. So chances are, you know, what one small little step you can do right now, as soon as you're done listening to this, that will start you on your journey. And then all you have to do is continue that journey one little step at a time. I mean, that's part of our program is breaking these big goals down into 30 day sprints. So just act. Don't, don't wait for anything else. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait for new years. Just act right today and start those steps. And, you know, along that line is time is our most precious resource. I mean, there's nothing that we're ever going to do that will get a second of it back. So don't, don't waste a second of it. Don't waste a day you know, uh, use your time efficiently. That's the great equalizer. We all get 24 hours in a day and our success is going to be determined by what we do with those 24 hours. I love that. Be like Nike and just do it. Do not waste your time. So I thought of it, something that I, that I wanted to ask you that I didn't know to ask. Do you have a favorite, um, song and do you have a favorite quote? Yeah, my favorite quote uh, is things only have the meaning that you're willing to give them. And I think Tony Robbins said that. And I mean, that has changed uh, my thinking and my life and uh, given me power and energy. So I mean, if you get to give meaning to everything that happens to you in your life, you get to give it a positive meaning. So I think that's my favorite quote. You know, my favorite song, man, I have I don't listen to music very often. So, but I mean, I, I love the Eagles. I mean, if, if I want to just kind of veg, I love the Eagles, you Classic. know, so I would say one of their songs, I, Hotel California is a great one. Classic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Nelson, it has been such a joy to learn from you, to hear your story, to really just admire the resilience and strength that you 
embody and that you have lived and show forth in the world as you share your gift that you of you of, of who you are and what you have to offer. I'm so grateful that you kept walking. I'm so grateful that you wrote the book. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you are sharing you with the world. Thank you so much for connecting, making time for me to introduce you to my audience. Audience, I will put all of the links in the show notes. I encourage you to click and go, check him out, check the app out. You will not be disappointed. Go to Amazon. You can get a, a free sample of the book if you're on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. Is it in Kindle version? Mm -hmm. Kindle yes. Unlimited, it's free. I just happen to know that. Um, but invest in the author. And I encourage you listeners, if you read the book, which I, I'm going to as well, leave a review. Let Nelson know what you think. It is so important and so valuable to get the feedback. So Nelson, thank you again for coming on. I'm so excited that we were able to make this happen. You are epic. This conversation has been so value packed. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a great conversation. Loved it. It was an epic conversation. I'm so excited about it. And I'm going to actually rewind and listen. And listeners, I encourage you to do that too. <laughs> and listeners, as I always say, keep walking. Always, always keep walking. Show up every day. Keep walking. Because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny. You will reach your destination. And on the journey, I encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. Tickets are open and on sale for the Tap Into Your Personal Power One Day Conference. It's an all-day event. I will put the link in the show notes for you to check out where you can see the keynote speaker who you have heard before on the podcast, Tiffany Johnson from Australia. She survived the 1999 Swiss canyoning accident, and she is going to be speaking about finding the bravery within We've got Joel Hawbaker, who you've heard multiple times on the podcast, talking about effective relationships by using universal principles of relationships. And then we've got Michelle Anhang, who you've also heard of the podcast multiple times. And she's going to be talking about the journey from shame to love. And yours truly will also be speaking on self-acceptance. And it's going to be an amazing day. There's going to be great things for you to take away and take home. And it is going to be just incredible. So check out the link in the show notes. Buy your ticket early. They're going to go fast. It's going to be an amazing date. Um, it's really, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be insightful. You're going to get tips and strategies and practical applications for things that you can do to really Walk in power, walk in truth, and live a life that you know you want to be living. So I encourage you to check that out.